Dr. Kristen Oja here, entrepreneur and functional medicine expert. Welcome to Little By Podcast, where our goal is to empower you to achieve optimal health, one step and one episode at a time. Taking a functional medicine approach will cover a variety of health and wellness topics, from how to optimize performance to how to balance your hormones and everything in between. This podcast is for educational purposes only, so please be sure to consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any changes into your daily routine. Now grab your headphones and let's go for a walk as we take steps towards becoming your best self. So today's connection is all about the thyroid. I work with a lot of patients. I work with a lot of women. And one of the first things a lot of my patients come in and ask for is a full thyroid panel. So I figured it was a great opportunity to chat about the thyroid and what some symptoms can be when it's not optimal. And one of the kind of crazy things is you have thyroid receptors in almost every cell of your body. So when your thyroid is not optimal, it can affect you from head to toe. It can cause depression or anxiety. It can cause heart palpitations. It can cause your digestion to slow down or speed up. So it can cause diarrhea or constipation. It can cause dry skin or you to sweat too much. It can cause uh, weight gain or weight loss. It can cause you to be hot or cold and have poor temperature regulation. It can cause hair loss, eyebrow thinning. Really, uh, these symptoms can, can affect you from head to toe when your thyroid is not optimal. So typically, uh, when you go to a primary care office and you say, I want to have my thyroid looked at, they look at a marker called TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. And that is how is your brain talking to your thyroid, which is a little gland in the base of your neck. It looks a little bit like a butterfly. And so that thyroid stimulating hormone is really just signaling to your thyroid to make more or less hormones. So TSH is actually inversely related to your thyroid function. So when TSH is high, your thyroid is not functioning as well and your output is actually low. So I always say it's the signaler. So it's like, hey, thyroid, please, please, please make more thyroid hormones. So TSH, it's a a decent marker of thyroid function, but it's only looking at how your brain is talking to your thyroid. Your thyroid then makes T4 primarily and a little bit of T3, which is your actual thyroid hormones. And then within your body, it converts that T4 into T3, which is the most bioactive thyroid hormone. So when we look at only a TSH, we're seeing a piece of the puzzle. So when I work with my patients from functional medicine, lenses, they always come in and they say, I want to get my thyroid looked at. I'm having a really hard time losing weight. So we will run a more comprehensive thyroid panel, which includes things like a TSH, a T4, a T3, a reverse T3, and sometimes thyroid antibodies. So if you feel like your thyroid is off, or maybe you have some of the symptoms we're going to talk about in this episode, make sure that you're running a full thyroid panel, number one, and number two two, really don't settle for your levels to just be within the normal range. So when we talk about normal versus optimal, the thyroid is a really important area that we look at that. So a TSH, for example, on LabCorp could be between 0.45 and 4.5. But if your level is at four, to us in functional medicine, that's a very sluggish thyroid. And there are 
is sometimes in conventional medicine that they really look for a more narrow TSH or a more optimal TSH. And that's when you're trying to get pregnant. If you see fertility specialists, a lot of times they want that TSH to be somewhere between one and 2.5. So in our mind, you know, it's important to have these hormones optimal for fertility, but just for overall health and wellness at all stages of your life. So we really like that TSH to be somewhere between 1 and 2.5. So what are some of the symptoms of thyroid issues? We talked about them at the beginning, but I thought it'd be good to break down hypothyroidism versus hyperthyroidism. Then we'll talk about some potential causes of thyroid issues and then some quick things that we can do to improve our thyroid function. So hypothyroidism, that's when your, your thyroid is sluggish or it's not producing enough thyroid hormones. That's when everything in your body slows down. So you're more constipated. You can have more depression. You can feel really exhausted, dry skin, cold intolerance, uh, low mood, uh, hair thinning. Everything slows down. Hyperthyroidism on the other side uh, is more overactive thyroid. So you have too many thyroid hormones on board. And that can cause anything from heart palpitations to heat intolerance to really sweaty to diarrhea to feeling anxious. So think of hypo as slowing down, hyper as speeding up. When you are in either of those categories, it does not make you feel very good. And again, you have thyroid receptors in every cell of your body, so it can influence the way you feel far beyond what I just mentioned. So what are some of the common reasons we see a sluggish thyroid in practice. I really have found through functional medicine when I work with patients to uncover the root issue that it's one of three things. It's usually either stress, which is a super common one. Uh, and the reason stress in your thyroid is, is connected goes back to the pituitary gland. So your pituitary in your brain communicates with your thyroid and your adrenals. And so there's an HPA and an HPT access. HPT is hypothalamus pituitary thyroid. HPA is hypothalamus pituitary adrenal. And so when all of your energy is going to your adrenal glands, your thyroid can become sluggish. And part of the reason for that as well is because cortisol, your stress hormone, can block the T4 to T3 conversion. So your TSH and your T4 might look okay, but you could have a very low T3, which is your most bioactive thyroid hormone, and you can have all the symptoms of hypothyroidism. So stress is one of the big reasons for a sluggish thyroid. The other thing I see a lot, and it's actually the number one most common reason for hypothyroidism in the United States, is Hashimoto's thyroiditis. This is an autoimmune process when it comes to your thyroid. So you actually have these cells that are uh, fighting your thyroid and declining the function over time. And sometimes when you have these thyroid antibodies, your thyroid could look really good for several years until the function starts to decline. So I do think it's important if you have a lot of inflammation or a family history of autoimmune and you feel like your thyroid is not optimal to really look at your thyroid antibodies and make sure that you don't have Hashimoto's, which again is the most common cause of hypothyroidism, especially in females. 
And a lot of times in my experience, I see Hashimoto's start postpartum. So after you've delivered, when you've had these big hormone shifts, you start developing this autoimmune thyroiditis, which ultimately over time is going to influence your thyroid function. So stress, autoimmune are big reasons for a sluggish thyroid or hypothyroidism. And the third one is nutritional deficiencies. And some of the big nutritional deficiencies I see is iodine deficiencies. Uh, Iodine is a super important nutrient for thyroid function. And when we're deficient in it, our thyroid can actually become enlarged because it's working so hard. So you can have goiters secondary to iodine deficiencies. And we used to not see as many iodine deficiencies because people were using a lot of table salt, which we fortify with iodine. But now we're seeing more iodine deficiencies because we're not using that iodine fortified salt. We're also drinking tap water, which is higher in fluoride and fluoride binds to iodine. So I do check iodine levels on a lot of my patients with hypothyroidism or a sluggish thyroid. And a lot of them are very, very deficient in iodine. Some other nutrients is selenium, your B vitamins, magnesium is a key mineral that helps with glandular function. So it makes a huge impact on that thyroid function. Selenium is a really, it's a key nutrient that helps with the T4 to T3 conversion. So the top three reasons that we see sluggish thyroids is stress, that cortisol connection, autoimmune or inflammatory conditions, and nutritional deficiencies. So if you feel like you have one of those symptoms that I mentioned at the beginning, beginning and figuring out which one of those categories you fit in, I think is very important. But some things that we can can do in our lifestyle to improve thyroid function are really fairly simple. Applying them consistently can be hard. But the number one is managing our stress, really keeping our cortisol, that stress hormone under control is so important for our thyroid function. And so a lot of things that can help with that stress response is prioritizing our sleep, making sure we're getting seven and a half to eight hours of uninterrupted sleep, making sure we're incorporating in some nice deep breathing, some slow breaths all the way to the base of your lungs to lower that cortisol response, uh, getting exercise or yoga. It doesn't always have to be high intensity exercise is really important. And I do think it's important for females when we're talking about stress to kind of evaluate if the, the new trend of intermittent fasting is effective for you or not. I think some women do great on an intermittent fast. A lot of my women don't. It puts a lot of stress on their adrenals and their thyroid. And I really find that adrenals and thyroid are the most impacted when people are doing intermittent fasting with a window between 12 and 8 p.m., where they go a long time in the morning, maybe with some coffee as a stimulant on top of a fast when their blood sugar is low. And then they may also be exercising in the morning. And that puts a lot of stress on their adrenals and thyroid. So if you do feel better doing an intermittent fast, I think it's important to look at your adrenals and your thyroid and make sure it's not putting too much stress on your body. And I also think it's important to think about the window that you fast. Maybe if you eat between 10 and six, you won't notice as much of a negative impact because you're not going too long in the morning without food. And you're also not eating too close to bedtime, which hinders our sleep quality because we're actually spending a lot of the night digesting. So looking at prioritizing sleep, adding in some deep breathing, getting some exercise, but not also overdoing the exercise, remembering there's an importance of strength training, relaxation, and yoga, restorative yoga specifically, uh, long walks, um, optimizing that neat factor, that non-exercise activity thermogenesis. You don't always have to feel like you're killing yourself at the gym. And if you are, it may actually be doing more harm when it comes to your thyroid. 
Also looking at your intermittent fasting windows if you are doing that and making sure it's not putting too much stress on your adrenals and your thyroid I think is really important. Also just checking in with yourself on how is your stress. I think it's really important to identify. There is a quick tool uh, called the perceived stress scale that I think is a really great subjective score of how you're managing stress or how um, stress could be impacting your life. So if you don't know if you're stressed out, print that out, complete the tool and see if you have a, a high stress score because that will be impacting your thyroid function over time. I also see this a lot with people that do endurance training. So marathon training that is very cortisol driven, and that can also impact and burn out our thyroid over time. So really just looking at the stress when it comes to emotional stress and physical stress, your body can't decipher the difference between the two. So it's really important to focus on your stress that you can control that mental stress and also to not over do it physically. The other thing that can put stress on our body is, is infection. So if we have chronic infection or chronic inflammation, that puts stress on the body, even though you may not perceive it as stress because it's not what we think of as emotional stress, it can still put physical stress on our body. So really managing stress is really important for thyroid function. The other thing is keeping inflammation really low in case you are one of those uh, people in the Hashimoto's category. I do think there's a good amount of research that you may also have a gluten sensitivity. So if you have Hashimoto's, one of the first things that I do with my patients is have them take out gluten and see how they feel. It does take about a six-week elimination to really notice the improvements. But when I find out that one of my patients has Hashimoto's, I take them off gluten and I re-look at their thyroid antibodies in about eight to 12 weeks. And I see if that number has gone down with just a gluten elimination. And I always look at the risk benefit and what are the side effects of taking gluten out of your diet if it's going to help reduce these thyroid antibodies. So look at inflammation and where it may be stemming from. It doesn't have to be gluten, but it is a common thing I see with Hashimoto's. I think it's also important to do a food sensitivity test and see if there's something else that you're eating that may be triggering inflammation in the gut, which can cause what's increased intestinal permeability or a leaky gut. Leaky gut is the slang term for increased intestinal permeability um, that is, is researched, and you can look at it on PubMed. But that increased intestinal permeability triggers systemic inflammation and immune dysregulation which can be a cause for Hashimoto's. So we look at things like a gluten sensitivity, food sensitivities. Uh, we look at gut health, the gut microbiome. Do you have enough good bacteria in the gut? Do you have too much bad bacteria in the gut? And we also look at chronic viral load. That is something that we see with Hashimoto's. So Maybe you had mono at 16, a really bad case of mono, and you really never felt the same since then. Uh, we do see a lot of people with chronic inactive mono and Hashimoto's. So it's important to identify the root cause of the Hashimoto's, but keeping inflammation low and making sure your gut is healthy is critical when we think about Hashimoto's. So we've got stress-reducing activities reducing inflammation, improving our gut health when we're trying to optimize our thyroid. And the other thing is, is incorporating some thyroid uh, nutrient uh, 
thyroid nourishing foods. And that's things like uh, Brazil nuts is a really great one. Brazil nuts is rich in selenium. Brazil nuts can go rancid pretty quickly. So I recommend if you buy like a bulk bag of Brazil nuts and you're eating two of them a day to kind of help with thyroid function, to help with that T4 to T3 conversion, I do think it's important to keep that bag of Brazil nuts in the freezer so it doesn't go rancid. But Brazil nuts are really, really rich in selenium that can be helpful for your thyroid. The other thing is sprouted pumpkin seeds. I love sprouted pumpkin seeds because they're easier to digest, easier to absorb the nutrients, and they have a lot of key minerals like zinc and magnesium and iron that really help our thyroid function. The other thing is incorporating some of the iodine-rich foods. So that's things like seaweed and kelp. Um, I personally don't love the seaweed chips, but a really good seaweed salad is delicious, and it's a great source of iodine. And if you incorporate some of those things to help reduce stress, reduce inflammation, improve gut health, and add some of those thyroid nourishing foods, and you are still experiencing those uh, symptoms that we talked about early on, make sure to find a functional medicine provider to look at the full thyroid panel and not just the TSH. Remember, you want to look at a TSH, a T4, a T3. We like to look at the free hormones that's available for your body to use. So that T4 free, T3 free. Uh, We may also do a reverse T3 and thyroid antibodies, but it's important to look at the whole picture and it's important to make sure your levels are optimal and not just normal. Because again, when your thyroid is off, it affects almost every process in your body because you have thyroid receptors in every cell. So make sure that you find somebody that's going to take a deeper dive if you are feeling anything less than optimal. And remember, you can always make an appointment with us at Stat Wellness, S-T-A-T Wellness. You can go to our website and book an appointment on there. And as always, shoot me your questions. I'd love to hear from you. This was a quick connection on the thyroid. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, remember, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Even the smallest changes over time can lead to total mind and body transformation. I'd love for you to stay connected with at Dr. Kristen Oja and at Stat Wellness on Instagram. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. I'd love to hear from you.